with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and the third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to these tenants when he comes? They answered him, They will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you ever read the scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to the people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. The gospel is about judgment, and judgment is coming on the world. And this is chapter 21 of the Gospel of Matthew, and in all four gospels, as Jesus draws close to Calvary, he begins to talk about judgment. Judgment is God's, not ours. We don't get to judge ourselves. We, all of humanity, are under judgment, and that judgment is death. Now, if you encounter death, like the Son of God, who was crucified, then you have him as your advocate. Your choice is to just encounter the same cross, because everybody dies. Everybody's under the same judgment. But you encounter it without him. Those are really the only choices you have. For Christ or life without Christ. We live in a world that's pretty chaotic. We had overturn in the House of of, uh, Representatives in Washington, and I defy you to tell me why that makes sense. Hamas invades Israel, seemingly a surprise to everybody. What's their military objectives? Iran calls for general war amongst the Arab people. What's going to happen when you take on a nuclear power in the Middle East? Russia invades Ukraine. 
Poland next? This is an old script. Endless warfare that we've participated in, we've led, we've funded. We live in a world of chaos. That, I think, is why Americans, at their deepest roots, feel so uncertain. And so, the story of the gospel today is about this judgment. And it's why the gospel cuts to the heart of what is the problem with the human condition. When Jesus tells his story about a vineyard, he goes back to the Old Testament. Because you're supposed to listen to Isaiah, who talked about Israel as a vineyard. But God would destroy the fence that surrounded it, and it would be torn down. And that is what happened. Why are prophets maintained? Why do we still have the books? Why are we reading Isaiah from the 7th century, Jeremiah and Ezekiel? Because God sends his servants to tell you that you're under judgment. And then he gives you an example of what will happen in that judgment. And then the judgment comes true. You would think he'd have some credibility by now. We can at least understand that we may export violence, but it turns around and consumes us in our public schools, in our public places. This is the gospel. We are under judgment. And so Jesus says, it's not like I didn't try to help you. I sent you prophets, which either killed them or stoned them. So Isaiah the most quoted prophet in the New Testament, the king had him sawn in half. Jeremiah was stoned to death. Why is it when we read these oracles of judgment that the messenger is the one that's killed? And then the chaos of the world continues. When Jesus died on the cross, it didn't end all the chaos. It didn't end sin. It just told human beings they have a choice. That we have a choice. And so, the Son of God comes. This is the story. And what happens is they kick him out of the vineyard and they kill him. If we kill the father's son, then the tenants get the vineyard. What's wrong with the mathematics there? This isn't our world. We didn't make this. Whatever we take in this world, we leave in this world, and only us in our birthday suits go before God. Whoever we were in this world, that doesn't buy anything with God. Instead, it's how we live like Christ whether we learn to actually love our neighbor, whether we can care for the poor, whether in our own lives we live lives as peacemakers. This is the gospel. As we come to the end of the liturgical year, we are reminded that this is the gospel. The opium of the elites is that no matter what we do, no matter who we stick it to, there are no consequences. We'll always get away with everything. This isn't the gospel. 
The gospel is that we are under judgment. Why is the gospel good news? Because there's a cross and you can choose how you're going to encounter it. You can encounter it trying to live the life that the Son of God taught us or we just do it on our own best lights. It seems more and more the world thinks it can do everything on its own. This is not the gospel. The gospel is we need God's grace. We're a jigsaw puzzle with a piece missing. And that piece is a God-sized piece. It's why I come to Mass on Sunday morning. Little by little, choice by choice, maybe I wean myself away from everything that God condemns about us. You know, it's interesting in this story, the son is thrown out of the vineyard and killed by the tenants. And so all four gospels, which heard this parable from Jesus, and all four gospels were reminded that Jesus was taken outside the walls of Jerusalem and there he was crucified. Because he's the prophet that enacts this prophecy. Because by now, God should have some credibility with us. And so, true reform and false reform. False reform is the idea that you can bring order to a world in chaos while you yourself are in chaos. You cannot bring order to the world outside you if there is no order within you. You cannot bring order to a family if you yourself are in chaos. In order to pursue order in the world, a righteous order directed towards God, then at least it has to start with what true reform is. And true reform is to bring order to this vineyard that God has planted right here. So in the gospel, it starts with a story of a vineyard in Israel. That vineyard story is again told about the people of Israel in Jesus' time. And then Jesus' judgment is that the promise to Israel will now be given to others. That's us. But because we've been given to us, we have the same obligation towards God that the people of Israel have. We need to think about these truths because we seem, it seems to me to be so insulated from all the chaos in the world as if it's happening to somebody else and does not involve me. True reform begins by the choices I make in my life. And so those choices are to pray, to come to the sacrament that Christ invites you to, to listen to the words of the gospel, to try to make choices in our life that are consistent with that, to pray for all of those outside of our communion who do not take these matters seriously because the world is in chaos. It's unbelievable what people think they're trying to accomplish. 
If you were just to sit down with the newspaper in front of you and say, what are the legitimate political and military goals that are going to be accomplished here? I defy you to figure it out. Craziness. But I think, well, maybe. Maybe it's just John Arnold's interior disorder imposed on everybody else. But with that is some hope, because I can change. I can repent from sin. I can invite others to do that. And by pursuing order within my own life and how I orient towards God and to one another, maybe God will still have some hope for the human race. Because otherwise, you look at what's happening, you think, oh, Lord. Good thing to be here on Sunday morning, right? If the end were to come right now, where else would you want to be?